Everyone struggles with fear, anxiety, depression, addiction, or some emotional issue. But what if I told you that you could exchange that life for one of victory? Are you interested? My name is Mark McKinn, and I'm joined with Dr. John Woodward. And together, we want to guide you into a complete and victorious identity in Christ. Our desire is for everyone to know Christ as Savior, Lord, and life, so that you can live victoriously, disciple strategically, and counsel effectively. Welcome to Glimpses of Grace. Welcome to Glimpses of Grace, episode number four. Good day, Dr. John. How are you doing today? Great, Mark. We're excited about our program today. I am very excited, but before we get started, give us a little word. We're looking at Psalm 107, verse 2. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so, whom he has redeemed from the hand of the enemy. We're looking forward to hearing from our associate, Aaron Kim, who talks about God's redemptive work in his life and how he was delivered from suicidal depression, and God's grace can do that for each one of us. You're right. Today is exciting. We're doing something a little different. Of course, on every episode, we've had a glimpse of grace, and so today it's going to be the entire episode, a live glimpse of grace, and as you mentioned, it's going to be uh, one of our friends, Aaron Kim, so we're going to bring him on right now. Aaron, this is Mark and Dr. John. Can you hear us? Yes. Hi. Glad to be a part of this program. Thank well, welcome. You. Yes. Welcome to Glimpse of Grace. We are so excited for you to be with us. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Sure. Uh, so I'm 39 years old now. And uh, just to give you some background, I was born into a Christian family. My uh, dad's a pastor. I came to know Christ when I was 24. So I thought I was Christian the whole time and met Jesus in a personal way. And I knew without a shadow of a doubt that I was saved. And uh, after that time, I just kept on seeking the Lord. And I had this fire to know him more and spend time with him. And I enjoyed fellowshipping with him and um, and other church people. But um, and I was leading worship in my church and trying to start Bible studies, but they would fail. And I'd try uh, starting prayer meetings. They would also kind of die down. And so about, I would say, 10 years into living the Christian life, I kind of just gave up and didn't know what to do. And so at that point, um, I just prayed to God and said, Lord, can you, I'm just going to stop trying. I don't know what to do. And um, my dad actually was learning about the exchange life at that time. He was sharing some truth with me, but I didn't quite understand. But he read Handbook to Happiness by Charles Solomon a while back and told me some of the truth. And I prayed the prayers that he talked about and that was for God to live his life in and through me and for his will to become my will. And so to make a long story short, just a few months after that, I went into a time of affliction that I've never experienced before, the level of pain that I never knew existed. And it was actually my mother-in-law who sent me some Korean ginseng extract as a supplement for better health that I was taking, and I didn't know that the side effect was insomnia. So I couldn't sleep for uh, 40 days, just on and off. But um, yeah, during that 40 days, I uh, went to the doctor. I tried a a lot of different therapies. I didn't know what was wrong with me. And so I spiraled down into anxiety. Uh, Attention span was down to three to four seconds. I went into panic attacks. But um, after the 40 days, God revealed to me what the problem was. But after that, I still slept miserably. I, I was struggling with insomnia you know, because of that. And I thought my brain was damaged, probably, like likely, 
And because uh, I was no longer taking the Korean ginseng. But, you know, I don't want to make this story too long, but at the, I just kept on suffering. At the end of the three months, I totally came to a place of surrender where I actually gave up on the right to even take my own life. I've tried everything I possibly could do to make myself myself healed, you know, with going to the doctors, um, like checking myself into a mental hospital, doing, um, talking to a psychologist and all that. And I actually totally surrendered. And at that point, my dad introduced me to the Handbook to Happiness and I read it and I started to talk to um, Dr. John Woodward and he counseled me and through God's word, in particular, Romans 8.28, which is the fact that God uses all things for our good mm-hmm. for those who belong to him. In 2 Corinthians 12.9, that his grace is sufficient for me. And Galatians 2.20, that I've been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And so I viewed everything through the truth of the Bible, that this life is not my own, this problem is not my own, and that God's grace is sufficient. And even the pain, the depression, the insomnia, everything that I'm going through, he's working it for my good. And that's where that childlike faith was activated in my life for the first time in a deep way like this. In the next three months, God healed me by me just holding on to his word, uh, refusing to dwell on those lies that brought me to suicidal thoughts, despair. I just ignored it. And it was very difficult. I hung on to God's word. And so I was completely healed at that point. And um, I would say the time that I came to identify with God's life is my life was when Dr. Woodward shared Ephesians chapter 1 verse 3 with me saying, or that verse says, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. And he asked me, has he blessed you, you know, that has blessed you in Christ? Is that past tense, present tense, or future tense? And I answered past tense and I realized right there, I don't need to do anything in order for Christ to be in me. It's already done. And so there is no special moment that needed to take place or it's already been done and Mm -hmm. that's where his promises became solid and i stood on them yeah that's a little bit of background on me that's incredible that is such a great story and i was thinking about when you were talking the episode three that we have for people who may be in the boat that you were in when you were trying to do for god And Dr. John talks a lot about abiding life, and we talked about it's not about trying harder. It's not about performing more religious activities. It's all about the presence of Jesus. And when you were talking, I I was thinking about that, how we fall into that trap, don't we, of just trying to do more instead of just surrendering everything we have over to Christ. Yes, Exactly. We say hallelujah, Aaron, for how the Holy Spirit illumined you about how you've been blessed with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places. That It's a gift that we need to unwrap, though, right, Aaron, and appropriate it. Yes. What a joy to walk with you to see how God has revealed more and more of your new identity in Christ and the potential of abiding in Him. And thank you so much for coming to our conference with your wife, for coming back to the workshop, for being an associate. Um, One of the things that we wanted to unpack as well is how God has led you to share this testimony on a wider scale. Sure. I started this YouTube ministry a few years ago, maybe about four years ago or so, because I felt like it was an emergency message that needed to be shared. I just thought to myself, if there are others who are suffering like I am, who are on the verge of taking their own life, and life is just utter torture, it's like tasting hell, I need to let them know that there is hope in the Word of God, that the answer is right there, especially for us Christians. 
that we need to actually dive in headfirst into God's word and hang on. And that's what God wants. And so um, the fruit that I bore my, when, in my life, you know, up to that point, you know, I bore some, I led a few people to Christ, not, you know, not many, but I think God has used me to do that. But the fruit was uh, just pretty small, I would say. And I was trying, like, you know, Mark was saying to serve God, but I felt like everything was not really working out. But it's not until I came to this time, this season in my life of total despair and realizing that I can't do it on my own and surrendering my life completely to God that I saw more fruit in my life in the last four years than I have ever done, like maybe tenfold or even more through this YouTube ministry and that God has just uh, used to just send to the right people at the right time. There's you know, no expertise on my end on how this worked. I recorded the first one using my phone and just put it out there to see if it would help anyone. And I saw God you know, still working today, but many people just finding hope, getting guidance and direction on how to navigate through this hopeless feeling season in their lives. So Aaron, what are some of the episodes or the videos that you're putting out? What are some of the topics that you're covering? Sure. Some of the topics um, I dealt with uh, insomnia because that's what I dealt with. Uh, I struggled with a lot. I know other people have struggled with that. Um, And there's also anxiety and um, just recently maybe depression. But the biggest topic that I talk about the most and I feel like most people struggle with is fear. And Mm -hmm. that fear could be Uh, all forms of fears, especially what ifs, like what if this happens? What if that happens? And people are immobilized or frozen in their space and in their lives where they can't move forward. How can people find your YouTube channel? So they can, of course, search Aaron Kim, but are there some keywords if people are putting into YouTube that will also take them to your channel? Yeah, you can put in Aaron Kim testimony. If you write those three words, it should um, it should bring me up. Aaron, I think um, one of the things that we appreciate so much about your testimony and ministry is that many people who have had the same desperate struggles that um, have been described today are looking to psychiatry, psychotherapy, self-help. And although there may be some measure of temporary help in those disciplines, they've really come become disillusioned, haven't they, with trying these, we might call them natural attempts to cope with life, but then They go looking for a Christian answer, a biblical solution, and find your testimony and find a new level of hope. And that reminds me of Romans chapter 15, verse 13. Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace and believing that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. When you agree, Aaron, it's so important to give hope. Yes, yes, absolutely. Hope is crucial. And yeah, the mental hospitals and the, the psychiatric help and the therapy it's very shallow from my experience. It's like trying to keep you afloat, you know, trying to keep you from wobbling and falling down by giving you a little more sticks to stand on. But through surrender, you know, through the word of God, Romans 12, 1, where you offer your body as a living sacrifice, you just get rid of all those little things holding you up that are temporary. And the word of God provides Jesus as your solid footing. It's like the, the cure to everything, in my opinion. I think we have everything we need through the word of God. Aaron, didn't you use the word hope in the name of the website you prepared as a follow-up resource? Yes. Yes. So the ministry uh, name is livinghopeministry.net. And um, yeah, I think hope is just crucial in order for people to get out of despair and trust in God. That's It's amazing to hear your story and your testimony. What are some common issues that 
people are facing as you're discussing with them? I know you mentioned fear and, of course, the what ifs. What are some other common issues that people are facing that you're connecting with? Sure. Yeah. After fear, I would say the biggest one after is anxiety and um, with that panic attacks. And a lot of people are struggling also with insomnia. And so the the depression, also depression. And so it could start with depression and then anxiety. And then the insomnia comes uh, sometimes as a consequence. And that insomnia becomes more painful than any of the initial mental afflictions. And so, yeah, they're um, struggling with those things as the main things. And also the physical afflictions that come as a result of the mental afflictions. And so people struggle with um, headaches, you know, stomach aches, um, just kind of a tense body. Um, so yeah, those are the main issues that people seem to like share on my channel. We don't, we haven't talked about this on the podcast yet, but we have a resource. And of course, you know about this, Aaron, the wheel diagram. When we talk yes. about the spirit and we talk about the soul, we talk about the body and, and what you just said is something that we illustrate in that diagram because the things that are happening within our soul also are affecting our bodies. They're they're affecting us physically. So like you said, some issues of anxiety, some issues of depression, the emotion of fear. For some, it's going to cause them to only sleep. And for others, it's not going to allow them to sleep at all. And then as those manifest in our bodies, it just you know creates even more turmoil in our soul in our emotions, in our mind, in our will, and that's affecting us spiritually as well. And so when we talk about really being fit, we want people to really be healthy spiritually, emotionally, and physically. Right. Amen. Aaron, as you talk about some of these struggles, it reminds us that sometimes the enemy kicks us while we are down. In other words, Mm -hmm. when we're experiencing this kind of turmoil, then he plants these intrusive thoughts. God doesn't care about you. God doesn't love you. You need to just take your own life. And it reminds us of John 10.10, where our Lord says the thief comes to do what? To steal, to kill, and to destroy. So I believe that so often when people are experiencing suicidal ideation and temptation, really there's spiritual warfare going on. So some of your teaching has to do with putting on the armor of God and standing against the enemy's devices, right? Right. Yes, the spiritual warfare aspect is enormously important to overcome these anxieties and fears. And um, I I do emphasize a lot on the shield of faith and Mm -hmm. the way that I um, guide people to lift that shield of faith is to ignore the enemy's lies. And so first ignoring that those thoughts, as Dr. Neil Anderson shares, if you're thinking of thoughts that you don't want to think of, they're not from you. And so just identifying where these thoughts are coming from is oftentimes, in my opinion, half the battle won. And so when these thoughts come, like you need to, you're better off dead, or, you know, you're a loser, you have nothing going for you, all these evil thoughts, instead of trying to reason and argue with them and engaging the devil, I encourage them to look away and look to God and hold on to his promises. And so by doing that, I believe they are exercising childlike faith and raising that shield of faith to block all those flaming darts from the enemy. So that's what I like to emphasize, and I try to teach that in you know, many different ways, different examples, because I think that's crucial in overcoming these afflictions. So in other words, whoever gets our attention gets us. 
the enemy right. uses those intrusive thoughts and and implants doubts, and if we entertain those and get tangled up in them, right, Aaron, then that makes matters right. worse. Where Romans chapter 8 says, the mind set on the spirit is life and peace. Mm-hmm. So it's so vital, isn't it, to yes. realize that we can set our mind on the truth, as you said, to lift that shield of faith, to swing that sword of the spirit, and uh, the truth does set us free, doesn't it? Yes, amen. And the word you mentioned this, Aaron, really concentrating and focusing on the word. And that's also another way that we're defeating the enemy, right? We're, we are declaring right. what the truth of God is, what he says about us, that we are saints, that we are accepted, that we are adopted, that we are chosen. And so we're listening to the truth of our Father, not to the lies of the enemy, who Jesus says in John 10.10, 10, wants to steal, kill, and destroy. So right. you know, he wants us to live in defeat, but even more than that, he really wants to destroy us. Right. And our Lord comes to give us life and life more abundantly. As we seek to help people like you're doing through the YouTube channel and Mark and I and our guides and volunteers are doing through grace-oriented discipleship and counseling, we see that there's an importance of having a biblically-based grace-oriented approach. And Aaron, when you and I were having our conversations uh, five or six years ago, I realized how devout you were, how you were a pastor's son, you love the Word of God. But sometimes people can use the Scripture to try to help someone who's struggling. Aaron, do you recognize with us the difference between an approach that uses the Bible more as a rule book, the alternative being using Scripture but in a grace-oriented way, realizing the Holy Spirit needs to illumine us about our union with Christ? So in other words, rather than just using the Bible as a form of exhortation, we need to use the Bible as a source of revelation about our union with Christ and God's provision for victory by grace. Yes. Amen. Yeah, I have seen um, some of the differences, different ways that people approach using the Bible. And, and I think one of them I've seen is kind of to show you that you're sinning by worrying. You know, it's a lot of like roots of this is a sin. And, and although they're true, they're correct, I, I did not find it. I don't think it's as helpful as um, as opposed to letting you know your identity in Christ, you know, um, basically that you can trust in him and rely on his life to be lived in and through you instead of trying to follow rules and stop yourself from doing certain things like worrying. And um, that really doesn't work well, in my opinion, as well. Like you can't just it's really hard to just stop worrying because you realize it's a sin. So I think these truths do really lead to leading people to freedom as opposed to rules. And what a blessing you had that your father, who is also a pastor, was also learning these exchange life principles and truths. Yes. And I say that because I I was in a room a couple of nights ago with some college students, and we were discussing emotional health. It should not have surprised me, but it did to hear one of the students say they went to their pastor to share some of their emotional issues And the answer the pastor had was, read the Bible more. And Mm. so, of course, the student did that. The student went back, read the Bible more. But two things that the student mentioned was, number one, it was harder to you know, really get into the Word because of the emotional issues that this person was experiencing. But then number two was, once they finished, the emotional issue was still present. And then I said, well, what did you do next? And, and, and here was the answer. Well, I didn't go back to the pastor because I thought either I don't know how to read the Bible, so I was embarrassed, or 
it was also, I don't know that my pastor has the answer. And so mm. it was it was so sad because, of course, we all three agree. We've been talking about it. You need to read the Bible. And the, right. the Word of God is the answer. And But I think, you know, not using that as, you know, that whipping stick or that checklist of, uh, you know, and, and really just really allowing the word to speak to you. And I think that's so, so important. I think we're also addressing that the Holy Spirit who inspired the word of God in the first place also illumines us and enables us to approach the Bible not as a duty, but as a delight, not as a rule book, but as a relationship. And so as we see the importance of God's word, we're certainly not minimizing that, but we're also indicating that the new covenant emphasis in the Bible is a grace orientation. So in John chapter 1, the law came through Moses, but grace and truth came through our Lord Jesus Christ. So just as some people will use the Bible to try to help others, but it comes across more legalistically, so people can think if I just do this, as Mark and I were talking last time about a checklist, then my problem should disappear. But really, it needs to be about the spirit-filled life and the Christ-centered abiding life, which will displace these problematic symptoms. Right. Yeah, the difference between I get to, not I have to. I get to be in the Word. I get to commune with my Father in prayer. It's a big difference. Aaron, yes. as, as uh, you have been a worship leader in the past, um, how has your breakthrough about your identification with Christ and having more of a grace perspective affected your view of ministry? Because you not only have a YouTube ministry, you're also uh, involved with your family and ministering to children, and you still use music, I hope. Yes. So I, I don't lead worship anymore. Um, the church I go to is like a mega church, so uh, I won't even qualify even to be a backup singer. <laughs> but I do teach the fifth and sixth graders um, on Sundays. And yeah, the approach that I have in serving in serving God is much different through what I learned through my identity in Christ and the truth of um, surrendering and trusting in God, as opposed to me trying to figure out what to do. I just kind of stay still and just walk with God and I kind of let him open the doors and give me the opportunities and I follow the fruit as well. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, it's, it's a much more relaxed way and, and I'm still waiting. You know, I, I wait a lot on God and I think that is the best way instead of burning myself out. So in other words, ministry is more abiding in the vine and letting the heavenly gardener, God himself prune and guide and open up opportunities and the life of Christ is expressed through us to bear fruit that remains. You know, Aaron, when you and I are walking through this process together, and thankfully we still are um, walking as friends, and and we're so glad you're an associate of Grace Fellowship. But as um, I think about some of these truths, I recall that we can appreciate our salvation. You mentioned you were 24, even though you are raised in a Christian home as a pastor's son, yet you needed to personally receive Christ as your Lord and Savior. And you came to that point of surrender, but identification with Christ is often something that happens beyond surrender. For example, today I had the privilege of talking with a university student in Africa who came to us through your YouTube channel. And she came to Christ in um, 2018, and then she, best she knew how she surrendered, but then she says in our conversation today, that she had a downward spiral and and overdosed and tried to take her own life Mm. because even after salvation and surrender, she thought she had to fix herself and she went to self-help and self-improvement and then gave up. But as she's learning through your videos and our conversation today and the biblical passages we looked at, 
identification is about Galatians 2.20. Mark, right. how, how would identification be a vital supplement to what people are learning? I think the, the first key is just realizing what Paul writes there. I have been crucified with Christ. So all of the ways that you yourself are trying to fix have been crucified. How am I going to figure this out? How am I going to pay for it? How am I going to get out of this? How am I, fill in the blank, how am I, that's been crucified. And But even better than that is not just the death, it's the life. You also were buried, that was buried, that's done, and you have been raised as a new creation now with the power. You had you you had it when you got saved. Now you need to appropriate it. Amen. Right. Amen. So sometimes we call this identification, which is not only a doctrine to appreciate, but it's a provision to appropriate. In other words, Romans six six, know this that the old man, as Mark just said, has been crucified with Christ. But as uh, Oswald Chambers says in January of my utmost for his highest, have we had a white funeral? Mm. <laughs> Interesting concept. Have we recognized the significance of our co-crucifixion with Christ? Have we said goodbye to our old identity? And then as Romans 6, 10, 11 says, have we counted that to be true by faith personally? So as I talk to this student today, and as Aaron, you're sharing this message, and as Mark and I disciple people here, often there's a, an opportunity to go deeper into this message of identification. And even if they know it as a doctrine, the question is, have they appropriated it by faith in a meaningful way? Yeah, and that's that's the key that's so important. Aaron, let me ask one more question, and it really is a question about questions. As you're dialoguing with people, you're meeting with people, what are some of the questions people are asking? So maybe some of the listeners might be people that are struggling with certain things. What are some of the questions that people are asking you regarding the issues that we've been discussing? Sure. Yeah. So one of the biggest questions that people ask when they come is, especially when they first come, is have you ever experienced fill in the blank? So they say like, have you experienced stomach aches or have you felt like life doesn't feel real? And so they're trying to basically find out that they're not alone in their struggles. I think that's one of the key things that they need is to know that they're not abandoned by God. They're not in some weird situation that's hopeless. And so they want to see that other people are in it with them. Like, for example, someone left a comment like yesterday or today. She said, I'm so glad to see all these comments of people going through the same thing. And so that's um, a common question. And also another common question they ask is, like, how long was your trial? Or mm-hmm. like, were you completely healed? You know, so they're looking for hope. And they want to see someone that has gone completely to the end of themselves and that God did rescue them completely. And um, another very common question people ask is, how do you ignore these intrusive thoughts? Like, I know, Aaron, you say to ignore them, but can you walk me through like exactly how that's done? Because they're so powerful. These thoughts seem like something I need to focus on and deal with. So, th- yeah, those are the main, que- like the most common questions I receive, I would say. It's exciting, Aaron, as we look at your YouTube channel to see how many comments. I think there are over 2,000 last time I looked on your initial video, which has, what, over 100,000 visits of people around the world. So I I believe that you would echo Paul's testimony where he says, I am what I am by the grace of God. Yes, amen. That is right. Someone said that this type of ministry is that 
those who receive the teaching and testimony get the benefit, God gets the glory, and we get the joy. It's a great arrangement, isn't it? Yes. Amen. That is a good deal. Yeah, that's so great. We are so appreciative of you, Aaron, and your ministry. Uh, I'm so grateful to God that we are all working together to guide people into complete and victorious identity in Christ. And I was thinking about those questions, and it is great that people can go, they can watch you, they can know I'm not alone. And then, you know, when you were talking about people really trying to figure out and through this hope, am I going to make it out? And when you were saying that, I thought about Psalm 23, when David is writing, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. And I I hope maybe someone who's listening, go to that verse, go to Psalm 23, and I want you to see it because notice he says, you're going through. And I think Sometimes when we find ourselves in the valley of life, we tend to think either, number one, I did something wrong, or number two, this is where I end. And sometimes Mm. both of those are wrong. Sometimes it's just the natural aspect of life. As we're going from one mountaintop to another, we're definitely going to go through a valley. But I love that verse because it says to me, there's an entrance and there's an exit, and the shepherd is leading me all the way through. Yes, amen. And as our good shepherd, he's laid down his life for the sheep. We're assured of his love. And one of the themes, right, Aaron, as we minister to people is to reassure them that God loves us, that he is for us, that he has demonstrated that love in providing our Lord Jesus Christ as not only our Savior, but our Lord and our very life. Amen. And they need to hear that because a lot of people think God has abandoned them at these times of affliction. So, yeah, that is a key message to keep telling them. That's so true. Well, Aaron, keep up the great work, and we're so excited uh, to have you on Glimpses of Grace, and uh, thank you for being a part of the episode today. Really appreciate you, Aaron. Yes, thank you. I I love you guys, and I appreciate you guys, and I thank God for you guys that we could work together. We appreciate you so much, brother. We love you, too. Have a great day. Thanks. You guys, too. Okay, bye. Bye Bye-bye. Dr. John, that was very powerful. I mean, I'm just, I'm really trying to hold back some emotion. Just in thinking about the impact of the gospel, the impact of you, the impact of Grace Fellowship International, and it's not just one life that was changed. Because his life was changed, thousands of people, their life are being changed, and you know, every time Aaron puts up a video, our phone rings. Please go check out his YouTube channel. If you haven't been there, Aaron Kim uh, website, he mentioned, uh, what's that? Livinghopeministry.net. Yeah, check it out. It, it's just so, so great. So, Dr. John, anything you want to add to before we go today? To God be the glory, and thanks everyone for hearing this testimony and sharing the rest of the gospel. Amen. Amen. Well, a couple of things before we go. We would love to connect with you. And if you would go to our website, gracefellowshipinternational.com, and there's two ways you can just uh, contact us, send us your contact. We would just love to know 
where you are and uh, where you're listening from, a little bit about you. You can also sign up for an e-letter, Glimpses of Grace, that goes out once a month, and we would love for you to sign up for that. Uh, We have an event coming up, and we would like to tell you uh, about our next event on Saturday, March the 4th at First Baptist Church, Strawberry Plains, Tennessee. Tell us a little bit about what's going to happen on that Saturday. In the suburb of Knoxville, Tennessee, near us, Mark, we're doing this one-day seminar, you and I, finding joy about how to overcome depression through God's Word, through the power of the Holy Spirit, and not only to encourage those who attend, but to equip the saints for the work of the ministry. So this is really our basic conference put into a one-day format, and we have a recorded version of that that many benefit from online, but we're really excited when people can join us for a live event like this. Definitely. We're going to cover issues like rejection, identity. Uh, I mentioned the wheel diagram. We have another diagram we call the line diagram uh, that we cover uh, in this seminar uh, as as well as a lot of other topics. It is a great time. You can go to the website as well, sign up, and we would love to have you uh, be a part of that. And then finally, Follow us on social media. That's another way to connect with us. We're on Facebook, Instagram, uh, Twitter, and LinkedIn, uh, Grace Fellowship International. Find us, follow us. We would love to get to know you and interact that way as well. Thank you for listening to Glimpses of Grace. We pray today guided you into a more complete and victorious identity in Christ. If you would like more information about Grace Fellowship International, please visit us online at www.gracefellowshipinternational.com. If you would like to contact us, please send us an email, hello at gracefellowshipinternational.com. We hope you have a great day.